0: Welcome to season six of the Bill Bradley Collective. It is season six, although we are approaching our second anniversary in March, but we had mini seasons now we have longer seasons. This happens. It's like we had a pilot episode and then... Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah, you got to figure things or, out. Or like, like you, yeah. Well, Seinfeld started with yeah. the four episodes. Season one's four episodes. Yep, and then they grew and then, then they kept growing. Yeah. In six seasons, we we're just talking about this. We have outlasted The Sopranos, or equal. Or equals equals. The sopranos. We get through this. Right if we, we get, get through, through this through, season, we survive yes. this. We're right. Equal. If we uh, we have outlasted Twin Peaks, uh, we have outlasted Miami Vice. I think was only five seasons. So yeah. Miami Vice, there you go. <laughs> uh, the British series, The Office. So yeah, we're just kicking ass and naming names. How you doing, Zach? Doing okay. How are you? Good. I know uh, we were not here last week because you were uh, under. I was in the COVID protocols. You were in COVID protocols. You're feeling better? Feeling much better. That is good. And this is the rare episode done at this time of year because we're doing it at one o'clock or two o'clock that you are neither angry about a Jets loss or. giddy about a jets win because the jets aren't playing for a couple of hours very excited for
1: <laughs> last game of the year looking for redemption against the bills
0: <laughs> and that'll be some sense of redemption <laughs> this team that didn't care if they won or not and we yes. beat them we are fully redeemed exactly <laughs> right if only if only christ was that <laughs> easy to be redeemed in front of well i gave the guy a dollar on my way <laughs> out right before i died ah good you're good thank you how you doing andrew Uh, Doing well. Doing well. Good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, So we are going to start this season discussing uh, Renee Montgomery because our topic that kind of holds the season together is women in sports. And this is something that, you know, to peek behind the curtain, we were very anxious to do but have had a hard time articulating why we are anxious to do it for you? What is the reason why discussing women in sports is so important?
2: I think obviously sports is kind of a lens through which you kind of understand almost women in the broader picture of society, uh, issues of you know compensation, uh, just basic equality. I also just think there's a ton of like content, so many just amazing women, amazing. Athletes that happen to just, they're, they're female and accomplishments by female that really just, I really want to like dive into and celebrate and uh, dissect.
0: Yeah. I mean, as, as we looked at this, it's, it's, and, and because it's the intersection of sports and politics, like we're not discussing Serena Williams, although we easily could have, who is maybe the greatest female athlete who ever lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we didn't, we're not discussing um, Jackie Joyner Kersey. Um, because this isn't just about athletics. It's about uh, the relationship with sports, and that's one of the things that I've found so interesting is that women have taken steps and stands that men simply haven't. And you would think, well, some of that ties into the compensation. You know, a WNBA player makes about $90,000 a year at the top of the scale. Obviously... I think the N- ninety thousand dollars a game is probably pretty close to NBA minimum. I mean, it's pretty yeah, close. You look, at, you look at the ten day contracts; they're making, yeah,
1: those guys that got signed for COVID this year.
0: Yeah, they, they're they they're Joe making, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, they're making like one hundred and seventy five over ten days, yeah. and it's it's like there was only three games in there. But then I was thinking about that and said, "Well, wait a second. Like we have seen Ben Simmons sit out the entire year because he was unhappy because he can, and also because he can afford to." And we've seen Kyrie Irving say, I don't, you know, go ahead, dock me for all the all the home games. I don't care. I am wealthier than I will, you know, than I need to be. This is simply not the case of female athletes who have stepped aside and, some, and having to pay their mortgage is an actual issue. Many of the
2: great WNBA players of all time, Renee Montgomery, uh, an example of one, have to go overseas and ply their trade during the WNBA offseason just to, you know
0: make ends meet essentially make ends meet uh, i did want to say that uh today <laughs> since we are the intersection of, of sports and politics two people who had announced their retirement have decided not to retire one of those is yukon legend wnba legend sue bird and the other is um hell's legend ron johnson from wisconsin so uh mm. <laughs> just when you're I, I read this Sue bird thing I said, that's great i'm glad people can rescind their retirement it's like oh damn it um but anyway so it's quite a dichotomous I, pair. it's kind of but it yeah. but again sue bird's role kind of in the national consciousness has very little to do with her wnba career Many people don't know what team she plays on, but at least in Connecticut, everybody knows who Bird is. And I think throughout the country, everybody knows who Bird is. Partially because of Megan Rapinoe, but partially because she's just stayed in our consciousness for a very long time. Wait, this is her 21st season? She's she's 41, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, she's talked about doing six Olympics. Tarazi definitely is going to do six Olympics. Wow. Um, and... But just to have that kind of of female athletic presence in our lifetime is just a it's a new thing and something I think we want to celebrate and examine over the next
1: six months. Well, I think like just one of the things we'll find throughout the season, I'm sure, as we do profiles on each female athlete, is the activism is much greater in female sports than it is in male sports. You know, you look at taking a knee. You know, in male sports, nobody's taking a knee anymore. Nobody's doing that anymore because they. they so what happened to Colin Kaepernick? So what happened? They, they didn't do it. Meanwhile, you know, the entire Atlanta dream come out in a shirt that says vote for Reverend Warnock.
0: <laughs> in In the single, and we'll, we'll get into this, the single ballsiest thing I've ever seen any group of people do in my life. It's just attack their, their owner. And we're going to talk about uh, their team's owner. And we're going to talk about that coming up. So that's where we're going to be heading uh, specifically to talk about Renee Montgomery and and her extraordinary uh, journey and maybe examine a little bit more why it is the women athletes who have stepped forward when male athletes are far more protective of themselves doing that. And we'll do that right after our introduction to the Bill Bradley Collective
1: Flying over the intersection of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Now here are your hosts, Andrew, Zach, and Ed.
0: So welcome back. Renee Montgomery is that rare WNBA star who is a UConn graduate. Would you like to talk a little bit about Renee Montgomery's career, Andrew? I would be
2: honored to. I'd love to honor any of the many queens of stores of which Renee Montgomery is most certainly one. Um, kind of like the the bridge, I think, between the Diana Taurasi and Maya Moore eras in UConn. Montgomery played from 06 to 09 at UConn. Uh, McDonald's All-American in high school was with Maya Moore, the backbone of the undefeated 2009 national championship UConn team her senior year. I believe she has the all time uh, program record. Most games played again. She's all over the, and in terms of points assists, she's right up near the top in program history. Um, A first round pick. I believe she was fourth overall of of the uh, Minnesota Lynx. She's traded to her, uh, the Connecticut team, the Connecticut Sun, after her first year um, before returning back to Minnesota uh, where she wins two championships I believe she was. She was never a like a, a. I think she was a one-time all-star. Yeah, one or two times. Never like a top top WNBA star, but I believe she was a sixth woman of the year. Again, two championships, an all-time great UConn player, and a damn good pro. We
1: talked about her briefly with um, last season's profile I, on. Oh my God, Maya Moore. She played yes. with Moore. Yeah, yeah. We seasons. we talked about her briefly about in that one, um, because
0: she was also taking a year off for social justice. Correct, and, and that's that's where we're going to go right now. But whereas whereas Maya Moore took it over for a very specific issue she was dealing with, uh, Montgomery seemed to take it over because she just believed that the time called for it. She made the, the comment at one point that the moment equals momentum, that you have to, the, the momentum that, that's going on now, you have to be willing to claim the moment. It was a combination that summer of 2020, uh, of
2: all of the racial strife in this country coupled with COVID as well. Um, and that was, that was the reason f- that she decided to take a year off and that year off ended up ultimately resulting in a retirement from,
0: from the game. And, and, and it seemed to be, I, I was watching some videos of her, um, in preparation for this discussing it, including a, a very good interview that Jamil Hill did with her on ABC news. Um, and talking about how her just seeing the protests after Floyd and she, she started off just by going and making sure people had water and bringing supplies and just gradually becoming more and more involved in what seemed like a very organic and, and, and normal way, just expedited given the moment. Like, you know, when I look at, like, my movement to activism, it took much longer because I have much less to protest as a middle-aged white guy. Um, but, no, it was a very interesting issue. And where it really comes into play is she's a member of the Atlanta Dream. And the Atlanta Dream are partially owned, 49% owned, by one Kelly Leffler a former worst person in sports uh, politics. No, worst person in sports that we did. Yes. I think I won that year because of that. And it started when Leffler complained about the black lives matter movement. And she said, I adamantly oppose. She said, of course, that everyone is against racism. Hmm. She threw that out there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Leffler. who has earned her money the old-fashioned way. She's married to the guy who owns the New York Stock Exchange. And Lefler said, I adamantly oppose the BLM political movement. I believe it is totally misaligned with the values and goals of the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream, where we support tolerance and inclusion. That, uh, That comment incited a bit of a backlash from the Atlanta Dream players and the WNBA at large. She, if I'm not mistaken, Montgomery asked for a a
2: sit-down with Leffler. She wanted to sit down and and discuss these topics. Leffler uh, refused this request. She declined to meet with Montgomery, um, the face of this franchise, the face of the team, to the surprise of no one, I suppose, because Leffler is a gutless,
0: spineless cretin. So, yeah, she refused to meet with her. But then the WNBA Players Association demanded that she sell the team, which is a move I don't think anybody else has ever made, even Donald Sterling. The NBA Players Association put some behind-the-scenes pressure.
1: Yeah, they didn't call on him to
0: resign. To, they, didn't, they didn't call on Adam Silver no. to take the franchise away from him. No. Nor, and, nor has it happened with Robert Sarver in Phoenix yet, either. Um, Correct nor, uh, will, nor will it I think No and the Sarver case is a little more complicated mm-hmm. Because we're not 100% sure the NBA Players Association Will treat sexism the same way they treat racism And it is not for four white guys to decide Whether they're <clears throat> equivalent or not But yeah so she demands The WNBA Players Association demands she step down Love for steps down Which she does she sells the franchise, and she was inspired by LeBron James talking about the fact that he would like to own an NBA team. Well, there there is one thing that we should
1: mention that but before Kelly Leffler sold the team when she was still a U.S. senator, uh, the entire Atlanta Dream team came out, um, and Renee Montgomery is not part of that. But it's hard to imagine that she would have.
0: Right, she already stepped aside. But already she already stepped aside. Yeah.
1: But the entire team came out and said, in shirts that said vote Raphael Warnock.
0: Right. As, and that came actually, I'm glad you brought that up, later because the Seattle team did that first. Uh, and Megan Rapinoe, who was a massive social media following, repeatedly showed pictures of it, talked about it. It seems to have been really pushed by Sue Bird as something they should do it is easy to forget that warnick was 3% in the polls at this time yeah that it warnick was viewed as unlikely to win the nomination and then even more unlikely to win the election which was a special election because nobody got the 50% hit the 50% mark in, um, uh, in november. on november on november 3rd so that election was uh, both that election and the Purdue Ossoff election were then pushed back, and through massive voter organizing, which Renee Montgomery played a large part in, um, her foundation played a large part in it. She personally played a large part in it. The turnout in the African American communities was phenomenal. In the early J I I think it was a January. It's
1: like th- a January second election. It was right. It, it well, was because
0: remember when Warnock. Uh, when when uh Kelly left conceded yes it was the morning of January 6th yes. Warnock got that moment to himself for about 35 minutes and then all hell broke loose in our country that we're still either sweeping up from or deciding not to sweep up from depending on how you feel um but yeah warnock warnock uh warnock was officially declared the winner on the morning of January 6th. Yeah, and, and for Renee Montgomery to play that
1: significant of a role, I mean, you don't see many athletes getting involved in politics in that direct of a way. Like, you, you see him doing the whole vote or die videos. You see him doing the whole, hey, get out there, I voted, make sure you vote. But you never see them pick a candidate and then basically support that candidate and
0: organize for that candidate just for to get them elected. You almost never see that. And again, the the relationship between Montgomery and LeBron James, who I don't think knew each other personally, but LeBron James had more than a vote, which is one of his organizations, that she became part of and really, really pushed at a time when LeBron James was busy playing basketball. Actually, in 2020, he was busy recovering from injury. Injury, yeah. And, And this is just... I don't even think it's a side. I think it's our our main reason for looking at this. Here she is stepping away from the game to push a LeBron James initiative when LeBron James and to his credit bankrolls this. Like he's yeah. like LeBron James is putting his money where his mouth is. Uh I think it's really hard to knock LeBron James as a human being but
1: he's not great on China.
0: He's not great on China, but overall he's been pretty impressive and none of us are great on everything. But again, we see it's the female athlete who says, I'm going to step away from the game to do this. And I, I just wonder if female athletes just have a far more balanced view of the role of sports in their lives, because that's, Because you're raised that
1: way. Well, I think in male sports, it's much more of the individual. You're focused on the individual, the individual's achievements, the individual's getting the win, the individual statistics. Whereas in female sports, it seems to be the opposite, where it's more team-based, where it's not necessarily... Like, you never hear, like, oh, this person got 62 points in the WNBA game. It's always like, yeah, they got 18, and another person got 15, and they all had nine assists.
2: I think... in, in a very large way, I think money kind of insulates the male top male athletes from activism, from their, their, their it, the money almost it like it almost kind of removes them from having the consciousness that, you know, a Renee Montgomery or, or a female athlete might have. Well, they, um, they,
0: a female athlete has no choice, but to be part of society because except for, except really in tennis, like, Serena Williams is one of the wealthiest athletes mm-hmm. in the world. But that is such the exception. Now, of course, Serena Williams is also very active mm-hmm. in, uh, in politically and socially. But I think more than, almost more than what's going on now, it is the way their teenage years are done. I mean, LeBron James, at 17 years old, was having his basketball games shown on television all the time. He was pictured on a throne in eighth grade um, on sports on the cover of Sports Illustrated at a time where that the cover of Sports Illustrated really mattered. Really 20 mattered years ago, right? Yeah, and and that kind of, by the way, cut killed the uh, Sports Illustrated cover issue. Uh, cover Jinx, Jinx. yeah. I think yeah. yeah. he hasn't been jinxed, but I think some of this is just that female athletes, no matter how good they are don't have that kind of isolation and adulation that kids growing up in sports have. I mean, Gretzky talks about when Gretzky talks about being referred to the great as the great one in the Toronto mail when he was six years old. Because he was playing in a ten and over league and scoring and scoring leading the team and scoring. Tiger Woods on Mike Douglas when he's how old? Three like
2: three? Yep. I mean
0: Jesus. I mean, you know, and, and that's at the the top level. But then it seems like in male sports, everyone emulates the stars. Whereas in the NBA, WNBA, and part of it is just the popularity of the league, you know, comparatively, but it seems to me that you just connect them to their team so much more that Candace Parker or um, or Sue Bird or, or Renee Montgomery or any of the others, they just seem to be part of a collective. I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's there's a Saturday Night Live skit in their first or second season called "Women's Problems," and it was five guys sitting around talking about women's problems. And it was, you know, I mean, obviously a uh, parody of that. So I, I'm reluctant to speak too much of it, but you can't help but notice the difference. I mean, just you can't help but notice it. Serena Williams doesn't act like. Betterer or Dvorak or somebody. She just doesn't act that way. It's almost impossible to imagine a scenario where one of them would be as comforting to what was her name? Uh, 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 Naomi Osaka. Oh yeah, Osaka when she won and people were booing. Like it's just almost impossible to imagine that. A humanity. There's there's
2: more of a, a humanity. Um I just want to go back to and maybe this is just me, but I, I almost and this is specific to, to basketball, women's basketball. You almost identify them with the their universities, their alma maters, more yes. than their pro teams. Well, that might just, be a Connecticut thing. I, when I think of like Brittany Griner, I don't know what WNBA team she a Baylor. Out. I know she
0: went to Baylor. Yeah, yep. Candice Parker. I don't know who she Tennessee, right? Well, yeah, but I, but yes. again, I think that some of that is is Connecticut centric because we we and we came across them as because they threatened UConn from winning a title. That's how we learned about them. I do
2: think, which is what UConn did to Tennessee 25 years ago, that kind of, but, I mean, I think the, and we're kind of getting off, but but to bring it back, the women's tournament, as well as, I think, the U.S. national team, I think those have more, they're more part of the consciousness than the WNBA. The WNBA is growing, and I think eventually it'll be, but as far as the last 20 years, I think more eyeballs are on, like, the NCAA tournament, and, you know, the U.S., the
0: national team as well. The the other thing I was thinking about in terms of athletics is, You know, LeBron James, you know, has three kids, right? Two boys and a girl. I think so. Right. But we know that just because he talks about them. You don't know about it otherwise. Well, and his his son's already. Well, Bronny's really good, right? But the point is, they don't have to take time. They take a week off or four days off when their child's born and they go back. In the WNBA, if a player gets pregnant, they're off for the season. Like that's just, and and so there has to be a different sense of balance between sports. And, And this is one of the things that we talk, we've been talking about all the time in terms of their role in, in the economy, that that always holds them back that they can't, you know, people, a lot of men view taking six weeks off for a pregnancy as being disruptive to the company and not necessary well there was that there was that met that took off um took off paternity leave for like a week
1: and all the new york sports media just killed him mike Francesa
2: famously said that when his when his wife gave birth he was back back in back in with the dog the
1: next day like that was like some kind of brag fuck you like and I, i think renee montgomery is a very good first profile for us to go in. Because she really does kind of embody what we've been talking about, which is this kind of collective attitude. This kind of sense of not just self, but of others. You know, going going to protest to bring water to make sure people have water is a v- very powerful thing for an athlete to do. Because yeah. it's something you never think about. You never think about, do protesters uh, need
0: water? Well, I mean, you know, I know during this, the stop and shop strike here in Connecticut that I brought water and food different spots along the way but again that's because this is my life this is this is i am so invested in the labor movement because it's how it's in addition to everything i do professionally it's also how i make my living i was very interested in her foundation it's the humility of the foundation that i found so incredible that one of the one of the first things they mention is they provide rides to girls 5 to 11 to go to their – in Atlanta to go play basketball because a lot of girls, they can't – parents don't feel comfortable in just putting them on the bus at 7 or whatever, and they don't bring them because it's, you know, they don't have the money to do it or because they're helping their son who is equally talented – but there's more economic potential there. So she spends time, like, that's one of the things they do, these small kind of intimate acts in the Atlanta community that are designed in a very specific way. It's not these large, overarching, <clears throat> you know, we're going to save the world. I mean, when when I first read about the foundation, it says it's about – um Love, equality, and positivity, and it's one. That's one of those things, frankly, that it's like, oh God, okay. But then they look at what she does. In addition to doing these, what they're called, Renee runs to bring girls and women to pickup games in in Atlanta's Southside. She's doing an invitational tournament from five to eleven year old girls. The Renee runs are for older women who want to play pickup basketball against high competition. They set up a National Career Day uh, to help young women come up with uh, ideas of diverse knowledge of career opportunities. They do cyber events. And there's a whole bunch of community highlights. These kind of very important, but modest and focused steps that I just felt were really admirable in, in a way that a lot of these foundations really, I mean, you know, are just kind of shills to collect a ton of money. Uh,
1: it, it's doing the work that doesn't... It's doing the work for doing the work's sake, not for getting credit's sake. Right. It, it, it's to make sure that these girls get an opportunity to play basketball, not so that Renee Montgomery's foundation gets credit <clears throat> for allowing these women, these girls to play basketball. Right. Creating these
2: opportunities that otherwise, without Renee Montgomery, are non-existent. She's, she's creating... um yeah, it's 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 modest, but it's really it's 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 kind of exceptional.
0: And on December third, twenty twenty, before she even started discussions about buying the Atlanta Dream, Bloomberg Business Week put her on the list of its fifty most important innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders who have changed the global business landscape over the past year. That she has managed to hit something that resonates with people across all kinds of things. Now, she also, she does Atlanta Hawks, you know, uh studio show. Yep. Which we had NBA League Pass. I had NBA League Pass last year and I watched a lot of Hawks games. She was very good. She was really good uh, on that. But she's done all of these, you know, it's almost like you think less of the sacrifice and more of the accomplishment um, with her. I mean, and I think that that's, really something we want to focus on. It's easy to talk about, well, they sacrificed this year, they sacrificed that year. I mean, Montgomery was – she was at the – near the, the end of her career. Yeah. I she, mean, she had, had 11 years. She was 35, I think,
2: 1986. She's, I think she's 35. Yeah, so yeah, definitely t- towards the – Right, the but still,
0: I mean, she still had a career. Oh, oh she wanted for sure, it. yeah. Yeah, I mean and, – Could have and, definitely still played. So she is now the part owner – of the Atlanta Dream. This is not Dwayne Wade owning owning one percent of whatever team he owns one percent of. What is it? Cleveland?
2: Is it Cleveland? I, I, I think it's I Cleveland. Don't,
0: but it, but it is a very oh
2: no, it's Utah, and, it, and it's a very it's, modest. It's, it's, it's Utah because
0: yeah. he's close to Donovan Mitchell. That's right. So he owns one percent. Now, to be fair, one percent of the Utah Jazz and thirty four percent of thirty three percent of the um. Atlanta Dream is probably uh it's probably more it's probably more expensive to one percent of yeah. the jazz. But she's a third owner
2: of this team. Her decisions matter. Her you know, she's
1: she's in there, she's yeah, it's yeah, she's in the boardroom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and again, this came from LeBron talking about it, and she read his tweet and she said, Well, why don't I just buy the team from Kelly Loeffler? And in what is one of the great fuck yous in the history of sports, not only did you lose your election, not only did you lose your team, you lost it to me. Yes. Is a great moment. Yeah. He, he, like, he, yeah. He,
1: you got to imagine Kelly Loeffler hates that Renee Montgomery owns the team.
2: <laughs> like we said earlier, Renee Montgomery reached across the table and said, hey, let's sit down and talk about it. Loeffler said no.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do
2: now. I don't don't talk to the help. I'm going to bring, I'm going to, and Renee Montgomery took her down in every
0: way. By the way, the WNBA uh, Players Association did win the NCAA Image Award for their work on the Warnock Collection. NAACP, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least NCAA. NAACP. I put in the, uh, I put the C and the A in the wrong positions. That was bad. (laughs) Anyway, so, so that's what, yeah, so. It has been noticed, I mean, these actions have had huge impact socially in terms of society, and I don't think, can we come up with another male, a male athlete whose social activism, LeBron's close, but that's because LeBron's outsized in everything he does. I mean, Jalen Brown, maybe. Mm-hmm. He went down to
1: Atlanta during- Yeah, he drove down. Drove down to Atlanta during the protests. Who else? Would be? Malcolm Brogdon, too. Yeah, yeah, but they, but, but none, none of them, none of, of them, none of them did the work that Renee Montgomery no. did.
0: Yeah, none of none no, of them Jay, are figuring Brown, out the Jalen Brown's next step.
1: Yeah, Jalen Brown didn't step away from the Celtics. He drove down to Atlanta for a weekend, right? Which was a great thing it's, to it's, do. It's an amazing thing to do. A lot of credits deserved there. But then, when you compare it to losing your livelihood, well, you know, for in 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 losing your livelihood for the fight of racial equality
0: is a very different
1: very different thing
0: you know Montgomery said that she looked at what she was doing part-time and her thought is how much more could I do if it was full-time <clears throat> and as she said that the the, mo- the moment the momentum required the moment that she that everybody she said everyone has to be in a position where they're making a decision about you know, As we say from labor, which side are you on, boy? Which side are you on? And we all have that which side are you on moment in our lives. Um, And she responded with both feet. Um, She is the only, I believe, the only openly gay owner of a sports franchise. So, I mean, that's something also. Yeah. That we just don't particularly think about, but that's something also that she's she is openly gay. She doesn't hide it. She's married to a woman. She is a uh, stepmother uh, of a 13 year old who she seems to care very much about. It seems like the woman just has her life, her act together in a way. I don't know. Like I admire her and I'm 25 years older
1: than she is. Oh, it's absolutely heroic. Um, you look at all the steps she's taken it, it, to even owning the team and in. in is is a step of heroism because of who she took it from right um she really is just remarkable like she was a just very good player steps away from the game and charts a different path for her life she's the catalyst in
2: sway, in in swaying a senate election flipping a senate seat and that is just like one of many of her like irons in the fire from from one of the, you know,
0: from one of the five worst senators to one of the five best. I mean, Warnock's incredible. And, uh, you know, he, he, he is, you know, the, the moral clarion call of the Senate. And, um, you know, and she, she talked very openly with Jameel Hill. She was concerned about how she's going to make a living. She did not have millions and millions of dollars in the bank. You know, she's, You know, she's making 95000 bucks a year. That's reasonably good money, but that's a salary. Yeah. I mean, that's a salary. And you, you haven't saved enough to live on it for the rest of your life. It's not making $33 million a year. And I just thought this was a good way to start this because I think she embodies the challenges, but also the way that so many women athletes have responded. Now, not every athlete we're going to talk about is this level of heroic. Some of them are more problematic, but I just couldn't find anything to get upset about her with. No, I mean And that's kind of what we do. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, there's no, you know, after after several
1: episodes last season which were downers, you know, think about the uh
0: <laughs> Lawrence,
1: Lawrence Phillips, Phillips episode. <laughs> there there is no dour note to put down here. There is no sour ending. You know, hey, yeah, well she did all this, but also Here's yeah. her problems. She's just an imp. she's as impressive of a person as I can imagine. University of
2: Connecticut, man. Maya Moore, Renee Montgomery, Sue Come Bird. On. Sue Bird.
0: Sue Bird. And, yeah. woo! and Tarazi's the best player of that group, I'm guessing. But Tarazi's also incredibly likable. Yeah. yeah. But like Sue Bird <laughs> has been almost a conscience of sports for 25 for 20 years it's it's unbelievable and it is important that you know occasionally we celebrate good actions and so yeah. uh Renee Montgomery today we are celebrating you and we are looking forward to uh, a season where we we get to think about women athletes who often just slide under the radar because that's what we do in this country with women athletes except every four years during the Olympics And with that, we'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe on all podcast platforms and give us a like on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.